Welcome to the Point is to Serve podcast. We want to encourage you towards a vibrant and active faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about our ministry, visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. And now, here's this week's teaching. Thank you, worship team. Sorry that after that you have to deal with your monotone pastor. Thanks a lot, Jamie. No, it's kind of a rainy, sad day today, and so I thought, uh, why don't we just play a game together, right? And so here's the way this game's going to work, okay? I'm going to sing the first line of a famous song, and then you all have to finish it, okay? So I think we've already had some practice with this this morning, but let's try to do this. I'm going to say, happy birthday. Okay, you get it, right? Let's try some of these. Um, Yesterday... All my troubles seem so... Okay, you jumped the gun on that, but that's okay. <laughs> Crazy, sometimes one word is all you need, right? Um, how about... <clears throat> and I, I will... Yes, yes. Or a sweet Caroline. Yep, um... And, you know, I just have to say, going back to the Beatles thing, I feel embarrassed about this, but I never connected with the Beatles' music. I'm sorry. I, like, as a musician and someone who loves music, I, I feel bad about that, but it's just true. Okay, ah, sorry, sorry. We're up, I'm seeing people walking out right now. Um, how about this? Said, don't worry about a thing. Okay, very good. Okay, this is for the Gen Xers and the old millennials in here, okay? Been spending most our lives living... Yes, gangster's paradise or Amish paradise, depending on if you are a Coolio fan or a Weird Al Yankovic fan. And for the musical people here in the room... Now I've got to cut a loose, kick off the Sunday shoes. Literally, literally. Thanks, Lori. Yeah, you don't want that sitting at your feet, probably. Um, and then how about this one? Don't stop. Yes, okay. Man, you guys are good at this. I'm going to need my shoe for this next one, okay? Because this one's interactive. And it goes like this. And do it with me, ready? We will, we will rock you. All right, yes, good job. Give yourselves a round of applause. I knew Stephen was going to like that one. (laughs) Thanks, Stephen. (laughs) There are just some songs that whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but it stands the test of time, right? Like they just... It's, there's a timeless quality to it, and, and you just like, no matter how many times we've sung, there's so many songs out there, but some of them stand out. And same with the Psalms, too, okay? Uh, we've got 150 Psalms in our Bible, uh, but there's some of them that just rise to the top as being some of the most significant ones, and probably the one that tops the charts is Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're, we're pretty familiar with that one. Um, having a, a Psalm sermon series 
uh, in a way that uh, we don't talk about Psalm 23. would be like a basketball history show. Not talking about the other 23, Michael Jordan, right? Or LeBron James, depending on your perspective with all of that. Uh, and so we're just going to take a look at Psalm 23 today. I'll be reading this out of the NLT. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. What is it about Psalm 23 that just makes it stand out amongst all the rest of them. Um, Maybe it's length, you know? It's a short six verses, but they're powerful. Uh, Maybe it's the profound imagery that we find in there, this shepherd imagery that we can all kind of connect with uh, and relate to. Um, Maybe, without being aware of it, it's kind of like what we talked about last week, that that it connects with these really deep needs that, like, in the core of our being as human beings, like, that we have this need uh, to feel seen and soothed and safe and secure. Like, that definitely uh, touches a nerve there. But I found, too, that with this psalm, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're in the happiest days of your life or in the darkest days of your life. This can really speak truth to people. Like, I, um, when I have the times I've been in hospice with people as they're lying on their deathbed, it almost seems like a cliche to say it. And yet when you read it out loud, it's like new all over again because it's just, it's so life-giving and it's so beautiful. And so we're just going to spend some time uh, exploring this one today. That very first line that it opens with is, the Lord is my shepherd. <clears throat> and as you know, David, who wrote the psalm, was a shepherd. He spent a lot of time with sheep out there in the pastures. And and as he got to know this, and as he got to know his God, he said, you know what? This God, Yahweh, he's kind of like a shepherd in the way that he cares for us and and the way that he protects and he guides us and gives everything that we need. And, you know, Jesus knew the Psalms really well as well. Uh, As you read through the Gospels, you see him using the language of the Psalms. It's all over his lips. Uh, And certainly he knew Psalm 23. And I think when he taught about himself being the good shepherd, uh, that this probably was echoing around in his head. Uh, And hear, hear what Jesus has to say about himself in John 10, 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for the money. And he doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. And they know me. Just as my father knows me. And I 
know my father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the, in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock with one shepherd. It's the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, shepherds lead sheep and they keep them healthy and safe and alive. That's kind of like the main part of their job description. Uh, and if a shepherd is really good, he's going to be so passionate about the sheep uh, that not only that, but he'll put his life in danger and even risk his life in order to be able to save those sheep and to protect them. But as Jesus indicates, uh, not all shepherds in the world are good. Some of them don't actually care about the sheep, but they're just in it for the paycheck. They're wondering what, what they can get out of other people. And, and that brings up for a good question for us all to consider, and that is that um, who or what is shepherding us? You know, who, whose voices do we allow into our lives to shape us and form us? Who, who or what are we following or entrusting our hearts or our lives to? Uh, it could be a romantic relationship. It could be our, our phones or our, our social media. It could be a political party or a politician or a certain ideological perspective. It could be a substance. It could be a group of friends that we know aren't so great for us. It could be the American dream. Like, what is it? Fill in the blank. There are so many things or people in this world that claim to have our best interest in mind. And if we would just allow them to lead us, and if we would just buy what they're selling us, then our lives, everything is going to go perfect in our lives. Everything is going to be great. But you know what? It's a mirage. And when they aren't getting what they want from you, you aren't valuable to them anymore. They will abandon you. Because they're no longer, you're no longer useful to them. And they may lead you to pasture, pasture, uh, but the grass is dead and dry. And they might lead you to a stream to drink from, but it might be the Big Sioux. I've never drank from the Big Sioux, but I don't think it's a good idea if you did. Um, because they don't care if it's bad for you. Again, they're, they're just in it for themselves. And, and as long as they're getting something out of it, that's, that's what they're chasing after. We'd, and we'd like to think, I think, as human beings, that we can think for ourselves, that we've got this figured out. But you know what? We are a lot like sheep. Like, it's an appropriate thing for us because uh, the truth is that we human beings, we're, we're like herd animals, kind of. Like, we want to follow the crowd, and we're always looking for somebody to shepherd us and to lead us and to guide us. And that question is, who is that going to be? It's important for us to be aware of that. Uh, but Jesus is the truly good shepherd, as he points out. He, he loves his sheep so much with just no strings attached. He just actually cares about him to the point where he's not going to abandon you when things get rough, but he's just going to be in it with you in the midst of it all and even, even sacrifice his own life, risk his life to the wolves and anything else that could take you out. Like, like to the people on our Instagram that we just like beg and plead for their attention and their likes, like do they love us like that? Why do we invest our hearts in that so much then? But Jesus does love us that way. And, and, and he really actively cares for us. And I think uh, what, what is said here in the psalm, you could say about Jesus too. That he lets us rest in green meadows. 
like like just imagine like a, a you know now that we've getting all this rain and the grass is finally going to be green for a change uh, like just a, a place of rest where you can relax and then like the ground that you lie on is food for a sheep you know that'd be like if we sat in a soft pillow of hamburgers you know and you wake up hungry and there's one right there and you just grab one you know that that's what it's like or a salad for the vegetarians here in the place he takes care of the sheep in that way he leads me beside peaceful streams where the water's clear and it's clean and it's not stagnant it's not big sioux river water he renews my strength he guides me along right paths as opposed to the wrong paths that lead to cliff sides where a sheep could fall uh, and get killed or, or where wild animals could tear them to pieces and then he brings honor to his name because it's like, you know what, when, you're, when you have that shepherd leading you, like he's really good. And he's going to take care of you like far more than you could ever ask for or imagine. And that, that, that's honoring to his name because he's that kind of shepherd. And because of all of this stuff, I think that's why David's able to say, I got everything I need. I don't need anything else. You know, when, when anything or anyone other than Jesus shepherds us, it always leads us wanting more. Like, you got to be prettier. You got to be faster. You got to be wealthier. You got to be funnier. All these things that the world tells us. And, and like, no matter how much of it we have, it seems like it's never enough. And, and it just, like, creates this, like, competitive culture all around us where we're just uh, constantly, like, uh, consuming and it creates anxiety in us because in us, we're comparing ourselves to everybody else. And it's just like, no matter how much I do, no matter how much I accomplish, I'm not enough. It never matters. But when Jesus shepherds us, he is the only one who genuinely cares for us. No matter how smelly and no matter how wounded we may find ourselves. And there are no strings attached to his love. It's pure. It's perfect. It's just because we're us and God made us and he cares about us. And not even death can stop his love and his commitment for us and his presence in our lives. He cares about us deeply and he's always provided everything that we could possibly need. Like he even helps us see that some of the things that we chase after in this life that we thought we needed so bad, that we thought we wanted so bad, like maybe those things aren't even actually what we need at all. And maybe he shows us that, that there's actually some things that you really, really need that you didn't even know. That's, that's, that's what you were looking for all this time. And, and what we discover through that process is that, oh, it's life with God. It's a life of loving and serving God and belonging to his kingdom and a life of loving and serving all the other people around us in this world. This, this is what we're created for. And in this life, there's peace and contentment and joy and hope because we're finally at this place where we can do like we talked about, that, that we're seen, that we're soothed and we're safe and secure. This, this stuff that our hearts just so deeply long for because we have Jesus as our shepherd. And being content in the presence of Jesus like, for a human being to be in that place, like, it's a really powerful place to be in this world. And Paul understood this, too. 
In Philippians chapter 4, he says this, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. In him, we're already seen and soothed and safe and secure. And so we can rest out of this place of security. And when we live in a world that's telling you, you're not enough, you need more, you need more, to be in a place and say, no, I don't. Like there, there's just a deep power in that, like really embodying and living out a conviction that I already have everything I need because I got my shepherd with me. And that's what leads to maybe one of the more famous lines here uh, when the psalmist says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Um, I don't know, but when I read this, I almost imagine like a, a scene like in a cartoon with just like a sheep that's very tranquil with its eyes closed and just like walking, smiling, you know. Um, but then the setting is like this scary environment, you know, like this dark forest. And you know how you can see like the glowing eyes, you know, there's some scary stuff hiding out there. But the, the sheep just doesn't seem bothered by it because uh, there's this Jesus that's this master at jujitsu. And he's just like, every time a wolf comes out, he's just like fighting him off, you know? Like, and, and he's been doing that for so long that that sheep can be in a place where she's just not concerned. She knows that she's going to be taken care of because she's seen over and over and over the goodness of God and what Jesus has been doing. Like that, that's kind of like the imagery that I see here in Psalm 23. Or like this last week, I kind of had like a, a personal experience where um, my aunt uh, came up from Kansas City or from uh, Ottawa, Kansas, and she was driving on through to our cabin uh, in Minnesota to, to, for a family reunion. And on her way back, she was going to stop in Sioux Falls on her way back to Kansas. Well, my aunt, um, I've noticed in the past few years, all of us have that that like her mind is just going a little bit, you know. Um, and I noticed like like this last time that like it really was becoming obvious because I was sitting at home and my phone rings and I, I pick it up and it's her and she's desperate like she and she almost kind of like forgot who even she, she was talking to and she's like hello hello and I'm like hey Miriam what's going on and she's like I'm lost I don't know where I'm at and, and I'm like, well, what's, you know, it just comes out of nowhere. And you're like trying to figure out what's going on. Well, apparently my dad had given her directions to drive to Sioux Falls. And like, they're the simplest directions, right? I mean, it's like from like the Watertown area on, on 29 headed south. And then you just get off on 26th Street. But she's like, I, I got off on this exit and I'm headed towards some place called Harrisburg. And, and I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, okay, hold on, just chill out. And I'm trying to think in my mind, like figure out where she's at so that I can give her the directions to get back on 29 and head in the right direction. And, and eventually did that. And she seemed content with that. And I'm some waiting for her to get back to mom and dad's house and hear a phone call. But then she calls me again and she says, and she's just scared. She's crying. And she's like, you know, I, I'm down at the corner of it looks like Cliff and, and 26. I'm at a gas station. And I'm like, Miriam, you just need to stay right there. I'll, I'll be right down, you know, and, and it's a bit of a drive for me to get down there from where we're at. And so I, when I got there, I just said, you're going to follow me. 
and I'm going to lead you, and we're going to make it back safely, okay? And you could see her just kind of, like, kind of start to calm down a little bit. And so we get onto uh, the interstate, and we're headed out. We get to Louise, and then to 57th. You know, it's kind of crowded over there. And I'm, like, watching like a hawk in my rearview mirror because, you know, like a, a car got in between us, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. And somehow she kept going. And so even though I'm, like, watching her, watching her, and thinking, okay, we're almost there, we get to Sertoma, and I go past it, and she just goes, Rrr! like, and I'm like, what is she doing, you know? And so I, I'm like dodging through a neighborhood trying to intercept her, and then I see her driving back the other way, and I'm, I'm following her, wondering, like, how is this going to turn out? And she ends up, like, pulling into, like, there's, a, like, a stop, or there's a three-way stop, like a T-intersection, and she pulls into this, um, like, like a, an access area. It's just gravel. You're not even supposed to drive there. It's like there's all this like electrical equipment um, and that, you know, it's like for the people that would work on that sort of thing. So she stops there and I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I pull my car over as close as I can, like on another side street and go running out toward here. And I'm like, Miriam, you can't be here. Like, this is not like a place where you drive, you know? And I said, my car is right over there. And she just the look of confusion on her face. And I said, I'm going to pull out and you're going to follow me. We're almost home. So she pulls out onto 57th Street and sitting there waiting for me while cars are rushing past her. And I'm like, oh, like jumping into my car so I can run back out and get ahead of her so that she can follow me. And finally, we got back home safe and sound. Thank goodness. And, and like the whole time, like she's, you know, about to hit cars and stuff. And I, I just couldn't believe it, you know. And, and it was so sad to me to see that she's gotten to this point in her life right now, where that's probably going to be the last time that she drives to the cabin because she can't do that anymore, you know? But I just thought, what a beautiful image of the way that God shepherds us. You know, we're scared, we're lost, we're directionless, but he's got us in his sights. He's like, I'm here. You can follow me. And he's just watching us. He's got his eyes fixed on us. And when our lives go, and like just out of nowhere, out of the, you know, because we're doing our own thing, we, we take our eyes off of him and we start to panic. He just pursues us. And he comes and he finds us. And he eventually leads us to a place where we're home and we're safe. Like he's got us. Believe it. Trust in him. This is the invitation of Psalm 23. And I think it's also important for us to note that in this psalm, uh, it doesn't say that like, oh, he takes us out of all the hardship of life and just puts us in this nice, pleasant, sweet place. No, he doesn't. Like, you're still in the midst of the wolves. You're still in the midst of the dark, scary forest. And we see this happening too toward the end because the imagery changes a little bit. It goes from being about shepherds and sheep to now all of a sudden being about a banquet. And a house. And it says this, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of them. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And I can't think of a better way for us to transition uh, into communion. And as we do this, I'll I'll invite the worship team to come back up. Um, But just some questions to be thinking about 
Um, do you feel like you've been walking through a dark valley at this time in your life right now? Do you feel like you're surrounded by enemies? That might be literal people, or, or maybe it's just unfortunate circumstances or a hostile situation. Um, Jesus is present with you right in the midst of it. It's just as real as this grape juice and this bread is present with us here in this room. Uh, and Jesus is willing to put himself in harm's way. He is willing to go to a place where he can fend off the wolves and get bit and scratched and crucified because he loves us. And that's how far he'll go to invite us to be in his family. And like I said, just as real as this bread and this grape juice is here in this room, Jesus is present with us. Just as real as the people next to you, the person next to you that's full of his Holy Spirit is present here, that you can see them, that you can touch them, Jesus is present here in this room in the midst of it. And he's prepared a banquet for us in the presence of his enemies, in the presence of the brokenness and the darkness and the pain and the chaos of our world, uh, so that there's a sanctuary where we can come and we can belong to his family and dwell in the house of the Lord in safety forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, if you're new here, uh, we do communion through intinction. Uh, so as the band plays, uh, you'll go and there's people in the back. Um, birthday Cheryl back there. <laughs> and they'll have the body and the blood of Christ uh, and, and just bless you with that. You, you're free to go at any point. Um, and then also, if you would like, if anybody needs prayer along the north wall over here, we'd love to have somebody pray for you too. So let me, let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you are a God who's just with us. You see us, you go before us, you're ahead of us. You understand everything that we're going through. And when we're scared, when we're confused, when we're directionless, uh, you're there. Help us to see you, Lord. Help us uh, to not break eye contact with you. And when we do, Lord, um, send people our way. Send your Holy Spirit in our way so that we can be brought back to you because there is no other shepherd for us in this world other than you. You're the one that leads us to life. You're the one that leads us to communion with you and with your family, with this place where we're just learning to love each other so well. I just pray for everybody that's gathered here today, if they feel lost, that they would feel uh, the love of your presence here in this community, in your house, Lord. Uh, so thank you that you don't abandon us, but that you welcome us into your family. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we honor and adore you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Point is to Serve podcast. For more information about pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ or information about the Point is to Serve ministry, please visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. Thank you, and may God bless you.